Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us online in the new platform. Hopefully you found us. We're thrilled to have you with us tonight. We just want to tell you that we love you, friends. We're excited for next week as we kind of launch both ways. And so this way, we're kind of online. We're going to stream our services from henceforth. Next week, we're going to launch our reopening in in-person gathering. And so either way, you can join us. Join us from where you are or join us here in service on the 14th next week. So thrilled to have you here uh, again next Sunday in person if you want. Uh, if you don't have our app, I want to encourage you to go to elementcitychurch.org, download the app. It's free. We travel light. We go with you. All the information you need for that. And starting tomorrow morning, you can reserve your spot for June 14th and be in person right here. So tonight, as you're interacting online, we've got some incredible hosts that are there to welcome you and to, to pray with you if you need that or answer some questions that you have. And uh, you're tuning back into our Summer of Prayer series that Dave launched us into next uh, last week. We're going to pick up with that this week. And as we start our service, uh, I hope you're comfortable, uh, maybe not too comfortable. I want you to worship loud with us from right where you're at. And as we pray, I want to also pray for Redeemer Lutheran Church, which is our church of the week. We've been praying for a new church around Tucson uh, every single Sunday. And so we want to pray for Redeemer Lutheran Church and ourselves as we begin service. So join me in prayer. Father, we are grateful for what you're doing in and through Elements, through the people who call Elements home, through those who may be tuning in for the very first time tonight. We ask that tonight would be a night where you engage us, you meet with us, and we are better and refreshed by your spirit having met with you. We pray your blessing over Redeemer Lutheran Church. We ask for your wisdom and discernment for their leaders. We pray that their mission that they're on uh, to reach people in their area, that you would help them and that you would gift them. You would uh, provide in ways that they need, not just financially, but emotionally, resource-wise, relationship-wise. And we pray that you continue to use and leverage Element City Church right where we are, to bless this city. God, we love this city. We know you love Tucson. And so we ask for your blessing upon her. We ask that your spirit would move across this city through all your churches. We pray for your spirit to be here tonight as we worship you, as we lean into your word, and as we just spend time with you. Would you refocus our hearts, refresh us tonight? We need that. We pray for our world, that you would refresh us, you would meet us, and you would change our hearts to be everything you want us to be, and nothing short of that. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, from their house, amen. You're gonna hear my praises roar up from the 
join us at home. Let's sing. Sing a little louder. 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 In the presence of my enemies. Lying in the 
come prepare the way until the work on earth is done watch as the clouds here I swing low lift up the sound as he makes our praises through Behold the Lord, our God, will lead us home. You were the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord Most High. Your hidden glory in creation, now revealed in you, your Christ. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. Christ my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. Didn't want heaven without us. You brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was greater. What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is! What a wonderful name it is! The name Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. Death could not hold you, the veil torn before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again. You have no right. 
Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. We thank you for your name, God. It is beautiful. It's wonderful. It's powerful. And your word says that at your name, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that you are Lord. And so tonight, that is our confession, God, that Jesus is Lord. And so Jesus, would you just be Lord of our lives right now? Would you speak to us clearly and move uh, through Pastor Jack as he comes to speak and just take control of areas of our heart and where maybe we haven't turned something over to you uh, that we do need to give to you. You would speak in such a way that uh, these words wouldn't just wash over us, but these words would, would challenge us, God, and help us to grow uh, in our relationship with you, that they'd help us to grow to become more like your son, Jesus. And so as we dive into this idea of prayer, and we talk about the Lord's Prayer, that was the heart of the disciples in this passage. They, they wanted to learn to pray. And so we need to learn that, God. We need to know how to hear from you. So just open our hearts right now to do just that, Lord. So we give you this time. We ask that you would bless it, that you would use it all to your glory, Lord. We trust you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we want to be like those disciples who, who wanted to learn how to pray and what that was like. And, and so if you're joining in for the first time, just thrilled to have you here and uh, to worship with us. And uh, just I'm proud of you for taking a step in, you, in your spiritual journey to investigate Jesus. There's so much in our world going on right now. And it's, I find it fascinating that um, we planned months and months ago to spend the summer trying to grow in prayer. That what does it mean to grow as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus, to, to pray? And we have a lot of turmoil going on around us, from COVID to protests to um, just so much. And I want to speak to that a little bit as we get started and then kind of tie that to the Lord's Prayer and how we continue to, to grow in this. And, and so I want to speak to this idea of just the brutal reality of the racism that exists and that needs to be repented from and confessed and changed in our land and in our own hearts in certain process that we, we understand that the recent murders of Ahmad Arbery and, and Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and, and others before them, they, they push us to a moment like this where, where change must happen. It must happen in a way that, that pushes us to say, and, and so with, with all strongest words I've got, um, we strongly condemn racism in any form. And we don't do that because it, we feel bad. We do that because the scriptures command that. And, and they lead us to devaluing all people, that there is a call for justice for all people and to declare that all are created in the Imago Dei, that in the image of our Creator we are formed. Our Savior went to the cross to demonstrate God's love for all people without exclusion. There's no comma, there's no semicolon, there's no asterisks. We're all part of what God loves and who He pursues. And Jesus shows us the most excellent way, and that way is love. 
that is the way forward. And so we stand against abusive brutality. We stand against looting and violence and unnecessary harm in any way. None of that solves problems or brings about solutions. And so we stand with the good and with the innocent, with the oppressed and with the overlooked. And we want to be a church that stands with and against. We kneel before our Heavenly Father. We seek that His will be done here on earth as it is in heaven, that His ways would become more and more the ways in which we operate, that we mourn with those who mourn. We must do this, friends. We pray for those who need healing and for all of us who need help in a way forward. There is a way forward but is not found completely in the left or right or with a black, brown, or white. It is only found ultimately in the way of Jesus. And so we commit to be people who will live and promote the way of Jesus because it is the way that will lead to hope and to healing and to help that we most definitely and desperately need in this moment and in the moments to come. And so the disciples got to spend up close time with Jesus. And one of their questions, as they watched Jesus live his life, not just the teachings, but as, they, as he lived, they were captivated by the way he prayed, how he prayed, the passion he prayed with. And, and so they became curious about this. And, and Prayer is so much a part of the Christian life. And David started us off last week with understanding why pray. And so if you missed that, I want to encourage you to go back to that. You can find the extended version in our app, and you can download that and watch that right on your phone. But it really sets the premise of why we're called to pray and to be in communion with God. And so as we start this idea of looking at the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, so if you have your Bible, if you want to go there, if you're online, you can follow the Bible link right there and go to Matthew chapter 6. But as we approach this, I want to approach it from a different angle, uh, an angle of appreciation, not just absorption. And we live in a Western culture that, that tends to absorb things. We want to internalize it. We want to know it. We want to mentally get our mind around it, master it, and then move forward and be able to repeat it. But so much, if you're an artist, you understand the beauty of appreciating, of just appreciating art in its forms and, and having it move your own heart, not just absorbing information and moving on, but appreciating. And I think as we approach the Lord's Prayer, we want to appreciate who God is and the design he has for us. I want to recommend a book to you that uh, it's called The Possibility of Prayer, written by John Stark. Um, John as a friend, and I think this is probably one of the top three books on prayer I've ever read. And he says this uh, as a quote from there. We live in an age of efficiency. We judge and use our time by what we accomplish or produce. Anything we do that seems inefficient or unhurried is a waste of time. I didn't get anything done today. If that's how you evaluate our use of time, well, is it any wonder that we really justify the time for prayer? much less any meaningful spiritual exercise. A life with God calls for unhurried time. This is driven not by accomplishments or tasks, but by love and communion, being with one another. Nothing is earned or achieved in prayer, but God gives everything as a gift to those who are still and vulnerable enough to receive it. 
that appreciation takes time. And so does prayer. Henry Nouwen said, prayer is the central piece of the Christian life, the only necessary thing. And so we want to help move us beyond uh, what you might call ATM prayers. You've been to an ATM. You walk up, you put your card in, you punch a few numbers, you grab your cash, and you go. And we want prayer to be so much more than just approaching God fast, punching a few things, here's my prayer request, and then leave. We want it to be this continual communion, this constant unfolding relational interaction and connection where I grow in my awareness of him and I grow in my understanding of his awareness for me. And we grow in this communion together. The Apostle Paul talks about praying without ceasing. Well, how is that even possible? I sleep, you sleep. Well, it's about this communion. And when we understand from Jesus, what would it look like to grow in that? See, when you study the life of Jesus and his prayer life, you understand something very fast, that for Jesus, prayer was personal. It was never transactional. It was a personal movement. It was an understanding of growing and connecting with the Father. And so as the disciples watch Jesus pray, one of them in Luke chapter 11, we find that the disciples, after watching for probably many months, came to Jesus and asked, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? Which is fascinating when you think about it, because these were Jewish guys. They grew up understanding prayer. Prayer was something they did. But what they watched in life of Jesus was not what they grew up doing. And so they said, would you teach us how to pray like you? And so Jesus gives this Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. He gives kind of a backdrop, a backstory to it. And we're going to look at just the first verse of that prayer tonight. We'll do part two next week. But here's the backdrop that Jesus gives. He says, okay, well, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Meaning that's how they would pray. They would pray out loud and they would pray loud enough for everyone to hear them and capture their attention. He says, truly I tell you, they've received the reward in full. But when you pray, you go into your room, you close the door, you pray to your father who is unseen. And then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. What Jesus is trying to give the backdrop to is, hey, prayer is not a show. It's personal. It's this personal interaction. He continues, verse 7, And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think that uh, they will be heard because of their many words. And so they use words and words and words and words and words trying to capture God's attention. And, and Jesus is saying, no, your heavenly Father doesn't need you to capture his attention. He's already got his attention on you. You don't have to be like them. Your Father already knows what you need before you even ask him. Friends, I don't know of a sweeter verse in the Bible that portrays this beautiful reality of what we get to have as we understand who God really is and how we can pray and connect with him. You don't have to use a bunch of words. You know, sometimes the simplest prayer that I've been praying the last week or so is God help. I don't even know how to pray into the situation, to the scenario, to the world in which we live. Help, 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 help. Sometimes it's the simplest prayers that capture the attention of, 
of God who already has his attention focused on you. And so Jesus is saying, you don't have to babble about it. You don't have to drag on and on. And you certainly don't make prayer a show. It's personal. And so you grow into this. And then he says, look, I, I want you to understand what prayer is. And as he gets ready to set this up, maybe here's a takeaway for us. Prayer is me as one who is limited, turning or tuning into, listening to, learning from, resting in, and anchoring myself to the one who is unlimited and already tuned in to me. That how would that grow your prayer life to begin to understand we pray from that paradigm? That we understand that, okay, I'm limited, but God's unlimited, and I don't have to try to capture his attention. I just get to understand that his attention is already toward me. And so then Jesus lays out this prayer. Uh, many of you know it as the Lord's Prayer. Uh, you might even be able to recite it. And, and in the Lord's Prayer, he, he has this opening phrase. And, and, and in a lot of ways, this, this prayer is kind of like a blueprint. Um, I've got blueprints to my house that when we added on a, a construction part of just a patio in the back porch, and, and one of my construction friends got us a blueprint. And the blueprint really has the core of your house. And Jesus lays out in this Lord's Prayer kind of the core of prayer. Here's what you to take aim at, and here's how he begins this prayer. This, then, is how you should pray. So it's not, okay, we only pray this way, or we always have to follow this format. Again, it's a blueprint giving us, here's the core behind prayer. So Jesus says, I want you to pray this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus says that when we come to pray, when we come and approach God, that we're to approach him as a father. That we're to understand and to see that the, the core of the Christian faith is that we can come before the creator of the universe and we can address him as father. Now I know for some of you, that's got a negative tone to it. And what you have to understand is this is our heavenly father, our perfect heavenly father. This is not a jumbotron version of your father. And maybe you had a blessed father, a really good one. And so this maybe makes it a little bit easier to get there. But Jesus is radically changing the paradigm of prayer by simply saying this. The apostle Paul picks up on this image of father. He talks about in an Aramaic term, the word father means Abba, means daddy. It's this deep, intimate, kind of relational way of connecting, of an invite to be able to pray on that kind of level. Remember that God wants to be known as a father, and a good father never turns their children away. This would have been startling for the first century hearers to hear this. You think back to the Old Testament setting and, and even the scribes who would transcribe the Old Testament from one parchment to another that they would literally never write the word God. They would hyphenate it because they, they felt he was too holy to even write his name. And they would even grab a different kind of brush to write it. And they would put that back and they would continue on. Every time God's name came up, they would change again. This idea of approaching him in such a personal way was, was radical. And yet that's what Jesus is teaching his disciples, to understand that your heavenly father is Abba, he's daddy and you can approach him that way. 
that is, Jesus introduces his disciples, that all those descriptions of the Old Testament, there was no one way to capture fully God's name. And so you read through the Old Testament, and there are just hundreds and hundreds of names for God. They're, they're trying to get an angle and understanding each uh, vantage point had a different understanding of, of who God is and what he was really like and what his character truly captured. And so in this moment, Jesus is saying it's all wrapped up in God as Father. In the Old Testament, there's only seven places that we see that the people of God address God as Father. And it's always the entire nation addressing God as Father. As far as we know, there was never a time when Abraham, Moses, David, or Daniel ever went into the quietness of the room, fell on their knees, and dared to speak to God this way. And yet Jesus says, you want to pray? Well, prayer is personal. And you now get to pray because of me. You get to pray to the creator of it all as Father, as Abba, as Daddy. And you can approach him that way. More than 275 different times in the New Testament, we are told directly or indirectly that we can come before the sovereign majesty of the universe of the whole world. And the easiest word that should come to our lips is Father. It's an amazing, intimate reality that Jesus is introducing here, that we can address him as Father. In, in essence, this prayer begins to split here in, in verse 1, that we address God as Father and we understand him, we see him as that, and, and we, we bring and speak to that. And at the same time, we can then afterwards bring all that our needs have and everything we want to address to him, that in, in uh, Greek and Aramaic, this idea of Father is, it's not, Father would have been the first word that appears. It's not like a dear dad or Dear Santa, it's not a Dear Santa letter, it's not a journal entry, it's this idea of interchange that you might have with your father, that I have with mine, that we can address on that kind of level. First John 3, 1 says this, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. We are not a chauffeur or hired out chef or landscaper, we are his kid. Friend, remember who you are and whose you are. And it will radically impact and influence and jumpstart your prayer life. How different our prayer life would be if we can fully understand this. Our Father, and we address Him. Our Father in heaven. Here, here's the other side of that coin, if you will. That it's our Father in heaven. We look up, in essence, to God. He is big and we are little. That yes, we can have this intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father. We can, that could be the, the first word on our lips. And we can be refreshed by who we are, but we, in the same vein, must be remember and have proper perspective of recognition of who we are not. Uh, we are not the ones in charge of a universe. We're not even fully in charge of our own lives. That God and God alone is in charge. Ecclesiastes 5.2, that you are God in heaven and here I am on earth. There is a separation. There is a difference. You're big, I'm little. And I need to understand that. Yes, I can have an intimate relationship and I'm meant to. But I'm not, I'm not you. And God, you're not me. And I need to not take your job description. Our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name. Meaning, set apart is your name. It's not just a noun about that. The verb hallowed literally means to sanctify, to magnify, to glorify, to revere. That we tend to take this statement as a statement of fact, but it really is a request, is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is telling them, the Lord, may your name be sanctified. Hallowed be your name. You are holy. God, let your name get the spotlight, the credit, the attention, the focus. See, we live in a culture where we like the focus. We tend to try to make everything about us, even from early on age. It's always, look at me, look at me, look at me. We do the same thing as we get older. We just do it in different language, and we don't yell it at people. We post about it, and we try to grab attention that way. Most of us are bent toward that way. But this idea of hallowing is saying, no, no, you're not the star of the show. There is a star of the show. It is God. Hallowed be your name, God. You are holy. You are set apart. This hallowing thing is getting the focus on God and who he is and what he's like, what he can do. It's setting the spotlight shine on him because he's the star. We're the supporting cast. See, we remember in the Bible that a person's name had a ton of meaning to it. It was the equivalent of that person. So when you heard someone's name used, you learned a bit about who they were and what they were like. And so the Hebrew names of God from the Old Testament, the Jehovah names, that in essence we, we read words like Jehovah Nisi, God Almighty, all-sufficient, Jehovah Shalom, God, you are peace, Jehovah Jireh, God, you're the provider. You're the one who sanctifies us. And so many, many other descriptions because they're trying to capture God. How do you capture God in one name? And Jesus says, he's your father. And, and that captures everything. You'll never fully come to the end of understanding who exactly and everything about God, but you can begin to understand more and more and how it's wrapped up, and we want to hallow your name. God, your name is set apart more than any other name. Your name is different than any other. And it's simply letting his name be revered and respected it's sharing your heart of admiration and adoration, of adoring who he is, anchoring ourselves to losing ourselves in the adoration of who God is. We'll talk about that more in the future weeks, but what does it mean to adore God? What does it mean to really see God as Father? And so as we end, as we get set to worship, I wanna invite us into a prayer practice. We're gonna kinda of issue some prayer practices throughout this whole series. And, and here's the practice for this week. I want you to, to practice appreciating and not just absorbing. See, we absorb information, we try to retain it, we try to turn around and then use it and master it. But we appreciate art, we behold it, and we want it to actually move us. And, and so what would it be for you to set aside some time this week to appreciate God, to remember the words of Jesus? Hey, when you pray, don't make it a show. It's just you and him. Why? Because prayer is personal. You go into your room and you pray. And, and you don't have to babble a whole lot. You can actually let your words be few. Why? Because he already knows what you need. God's not aloof. He's not distant. He's not distracted. He runs a universe in his sleep. 
He's dialed into you. And so Jesus says, you can approach him. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father. What does it do to your heart to know that God can be addressed as Father? For some of you, there's some healing work that needs to happen with that imagery. And there's a healing work that the Spirit wants to do in you to correct a distorted view of Father that you might have with a perfect image of our Heavenly Father, who's not a jumbotron version of your earthly dad. He is the perfect Heavenly Father who is already dialed into you, who under, understands what you need even before you ask Him. And He longs to sit with you, to be with you, because prayer is personal. Our Father in Heaven, He is, he is different than you because he's, he's set apart. And hallowed be your name. What does it look like to adore Him, to set His name apart, to honor Him? And so take a moment this week. And so, Father, we want to appreciate you. We want to appreciate the fact that we can address you as Father, that you are the creator of all. You are sovereign over everything and everyone and every situation. But we still get to address you intimately, directly, as Father. God, for some of us, that's an image that's been distorted, and I pray for healing, God. May you heal that, even right now, in the name of Jesus. May people be freed to see you as a heavenly Father who understands, who knows, who's dialed in, whose attention is on us. May we hallow your name. You are different, God. You're set apart. And we want to have a proper perspective that you're big and we're little. Yet you care and you're here. And you're with us. God, we want to grow just like those disciples so long ago. Jesus, would you teach us to pray? Not as a transaction, but relational because it's personal. Would you grow our awareness of you all around us? Would you help us to grow to understand your awareness of us, always with us? As we worship you now, God, would you let this next song be one where our attention is on you as we seek and understand the attention of your heart is on us? And would you meet us, Holy Spirit, refresh us tonight. Before our lives 
Heavenly Father, thank you that you are Lord of all. Lord, thank you that you are the creator of all. Lord, thank you for creating us so that we could worship you. Thank you for this time tonight that we've had to praise you and to lift your name high. Lord, thank you that you are worthy of our praise. Thank you that you are the master and creator of all. And thank you that you call us your kids. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being with us tonight. I have a few things that I'd like to talk to you about. Well, we are in this pray, pray for our summer. We're just so, so excited that we're in this. The way our country is, where the situations are in, this is exactly what we need. Just like David talked uh, last week, he talked about all of us, all humankind are created in God's image. And there's some people right now that are hurting. So we should mourn with those who mourn. So let's do that as a church. Let's bring the hope. Let's be a church full of hope, full of light. The people that are hurting, people that are fearful, and step out and show them the love of the Father. Let's just do that as a church. We have an opportunity for you if you're the first time with us on the online stream. We'd love to meet with you right afterwards on the Zoom call. There's a link in the comment. We'd love to just say hello and get to, to meet you and find out where you're coming from and where you're visiting us from. We love to encourage you to online give. The ones that people that have partnered with us so far, thank you so much. We, uh, we can only do what we can do by your financial resources, and we thank you so much for doing that and partnering with us. Please be back with us next week. Um, we will be on this platform, and we also will be in person. Remember, you need to reserve your spot on the website um, tomorrow morning. And uh, if, you're, if you're not completely comfortable being back in the space and doing that, please just join, uh, hit the watch button again, and uh, we'd love for you to follow along with us as we are on this new online platform. Um, that's June 14th. We'll be in person. Next Saturday, if you are willing and wanting to, we will meet at Catalina High School at 830. Uh, we will be... Uh delivering boxes to the cars of our normal second um, Saturday food distribution at Catalina High School. So if you feel free and you're able, please come join us in that. And uh, I just want to thank you, um, all the technical people and, and the band and the people that are here uh, getting this uh, online stream up. It takes uh, some people to do that. And so we, uh, we thank them for that. And if you'd also like to join us, we have some opportunities as we are coming back into live and in person that we need some tech help. So you can 
can, uh, if you're interested in that, please uh, fill out um, or send us an email at info at elementcitychurch.org. And uh, we'd love to get into a conversation with you on how you can help and how you can be a part. And so as in closing tonight, I just want to remind us, let us mourn with those who mourn. And let us reach out and share the love of Christ whenever we can to whomever we can. And not worry about anything else than other than sharing Jesus' love with them. You guys have a wonderful night. Be blessed. And we'll see you back next week.